Yo, welcome to Step Up Radio. You already know Celine Salah right here. Step Up Radio Productions. Time to get busy at this motherfucker. Like we always do about this time. Welcome to another episode of Step Off Radio, the official podcast of Step Off Magazine. Yo, what's good, Internet? Happy December. It is insane that it is already the final month of the year and that 2022 has almost come to an end. I mean, geez, where, where does the time go? It's incredible just to think and reflect how much has gone on in the past 12 months and that... 2023 is already upon us. It's just really crazy to think how quickly time has gone by and how much has changed. But um, yeah, you know, hope that you all had a great uh, holiday, that you guys were all able to spend time with friends and family, and um, hopefully y'all didn't get too crazy with all the Black Friday nonsense and everything that comes with that. But we all know that, uh, of course, with the holidays coming around, things are going to get crazy all the way up until uh, Christmas and New Year's. But um, I hope that all of you have a fun and safe time with those holidays as well, and that you spend it all with friends and family. And um, if not the family, if not the family that you're born into, then the family that you choose. But with that said, Internets, we have a wonderful show lined up for y'all today. Returning to Step Off Radio, we are joined again by none other than MC and singer Celine Salah. Internets, for those of you that don't know, Celine Salah has made her rounds in the underground hip-hop scenes of Los Angeles, California for the past 10 years. Hailing from Inglewood, California, her family traces the roots to Columbia. And Celine regularly uses her platform to incorporate a blend of various philosophies from decolonization to indigenous empowerment and new age spirituality in her unique brand of hip hop. Through this unique blend of traditional hip hop aesthetics and decolonial ideals of modern indigenous empowerment movements, Celine Salah has strived to create inspirational music that is both classic and timeless not only addressing the needs of modern listeners, but remaining accessible to future listeners to come as well. With an ever-growing and dedicated following online, Celine has become one of the most prominent torchbearers at the forefront of indigenous resistance in the underground hip-hop scene of Southern California. We had Celine return to the show to talk about her brand new album, Taste of Satori. It's the follow-up to her debut project, So Chia Blossoms, which dropped way back in 2019. 
In our latest installment, Celine returns to Step Off Radio to discuss the 10-track album, as well as talk about the ways that she and her team updated the boom bap and sulfur production that she has made a name for herself, both singing and rapping over. And likewise, we also got to discuss how the project pushed her to step in the new waters concept-wise, how the project pushed her to step up her game production-wise as well, the behind-the-scenes accounts discussing the album's long recording process, as well as her move from L.A. to Oklahoma, and talk about the future upcoming projects and what the future holds for her music in the upcoming year. So with that said, Internets, we are proud to present to you our conversation with the one and only Celine Salah. All right, Internets, we have another amazing guest returning to the podcast today. Today, we are joined by, she is an MC, she is a singer, she is a B-girl, and she is also a graffiti writer. Internets, <laughs> welcome back to the show, the one and only Celine Salah. What's up, Celine? How you doing? What's up, Rob? It feels good to be back. It's been a while. It's great to have you back on the show. You know, it's it's been a minute, but, you know, as we'll get into it, you've been mad crazy busy. But, you know, oh, you know, no doubt. So, you know, just, you know, um, for some of our listeners who maybe haven't heard the first episode with you, um, for listeners that may not be familiar with you and your work, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us your name, where you're from, and what is it that you do? Right, well, I used to be known as MC Tres, and I've evolved into Celine Salah, and I am Colombian. I was raised in L.A., uh, more specifically Hawthorne, which is right next to Inglewood for a lot of people that don't know. Um, I'm 28 now, and it, what can I say? It's been like almost a decade of, you know, learning how to master the craft of emceeing. And I'm looking forward to becoming a producer and pretty much just somebody who fell in love with hip hop and, you know, who's on her journey, you know, dropped her first debut album. So she Blossom was, you know, was the garage mixtape. And, you know, I'm barely stepping into the waters of, you know, artistry and, you know, songwriting and all that jazz. For sure. No doubt. And it's been quite incredible to see your journey from, uh, from beginning up to this point, you know, so like with that said, let's do a little abridged version. Um, let's start from the beginning. You know, tell us a little bit about your early years. I know that you talked about this when you first came on the show. So internets, if you haven't tuned into the first episode, stop this episode, go back and listen to that one. But you know, just give us a little abridged version. You know, tell us a little bit about your early years. You know, did you grow up in a artistic household or a very musical home growing up? Well, my dad would mostly listen to salsa, so um, it does have many instruments, and it's very beautiful music, which is, interestingly enough, it uh, was, well, the name and the genre was, like, kind of certified in New York, which is funny, because, you know, hip-hop also started in New York, so um, it was just interesting growing up listening to a genre that I didn't really know was just what the name was, salsa, it was a mix of many different you know rhythms and music and so I had to pretty much just get into underground myself you know first listening to all the stuff that was on the radio and then finally discovering on one of my friends iPod you know what underground hip-hop is and just really falling in love with 
you know, what was beneath the surface with hip hop and the genre we call rap. No doubt. Do you remember that specific experience listening to your friend's iPod? Because here on the show, what we come to find out is that a lot of times people's introduction to the, the genre is normally it's through um, some kind of close source, whether it's an older sibling, it's an older cousin. Uh, sometimes it's a little bit more removed, like it's from friends or like, or they come across it. Like younger people, it tends to be like on the internet. Do you, can you recall specifically like this interest? Yeah, I actually where... do remember. It was a homie who had just got transferred from another school and he was a tourist like me. contrast you know with growing up in LA because I know that when a lot of people think of LA the first thing that comes to mind to a lot of outsiders is the G-Funk they think of Dre they think of Snoop they think of Warren G and I wanted to say you ask you know like was that kind of was listening to all these underground influence was that like a big contrast to like what maybe your peers were listening to or what else was being played in your neighborhood yeah for some reason I didn't realize you know, the whole G-Funk era, or I guess, like, when you're in it, you're just not that aware of it, so, um, of course, Dr. Dre, you know, Snoop Dogg, but just for some reason, I was just drawn, I was drawn to that rugged, I was, I wanted to hear the underground shit, you know, I, I didn't, you know, I just, I knew that there was just much more than, like, a radio hit, you know, so that's just what I was drawn to, so, I don't know, it's different because you're just living, you know, you're living in an era where, you know, that's, you know, there's just so much music and creativity. And I didn't realize that, like, every location had, like, its own sound. You know, I was, I hadn't really figured out, you know, the totality of it. Yeah, that seems to be, I think that uh, uh, 
for a lot of younger listeners too, like that might be something kind of lost on listeners that uh, have grown up with the internet. But yeah, back in the day, you know, like re- regional sounds are very much a, a thing, you know, that you had like West Coast, but then again, Bay Area might sound different. And then you had stuff in the Midwest. And of course, you know, New York has its own sound. And then you had everything in the South as well. Yeah, you know, like it, it's, I think it's really interesting how a lot of people, like, especially when they come across like underground hip hop music, they, they hear this and they're like, oh my God, like this is the kind of music that I've been waiting to hear like my entire life. Exactly. Yes. Take us on this journey, you know, like at some point every artist goes from a a avid listener and student of the genre to eventually taking that leap to becoming a participant. And what was that catalyst that brought you to being like, you know, I don't want to just be a consumer of this culture. I want to create something. Oh, it's the ultimate hip hop story. It's the cypher, man. It's the cypher, baby. where it happened you know that's you know i was just enjoying it i was like oh my god that beat the dj oh the mc you know it's blowing my mind and i went up to the dj and i was like you know i just i just feel so much energy electricity i had to let him know like yo your beats are like um you know off the hook and he was like yo thank you he's like you want to learn and in the moment where i was like i you know i was i was like i said yes someone passed me the mic and said like here and I said oh no 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 like I'm okay and they said no here and I said you know what I'm gonna take you back I'm gonna flip you like a track you sold your soul now you sound whack like it just came you know and from that moment I just realized that I had what it takes to be an MC and not just you know just not someone that loves hip-hop but someone who is hip-hop and you know just hearing everyone else's lyrics hearing what I had to say you know just made me feel like empowered like you know what I'm different like what I have to say is different from what she has to say and I felt like it was important because I was drawn to different things you know I wasn't that much into guys and you know just various things that just make you a little outcast a little different my perspective was much different and i i just I, I was like you know what like being an mc is like the best way that i can like influence inspire and also just express you know my liberty my Do you by chance remember what the beat was that you spit over when you're in that cypher? I don't remember because he was a real DJ. Those were his beats. You know, unfortunately, to this day, I don't have a connection with him. But I do have, like, a connection with, like, a girl who was there also rapping for the first time. So I do have a connection to the day, like, mm-hmm. to this day. that That's my day. And it was, it's actually August 13, 2013, which I wanted to drop. Taste of Tory that day. It didn't happen. It would have been dope. But at least that day still lives with me, you know? Most definitely, yes. I always love to hear people's origin story and how they finally dip their toes into the into the waters of yeah, being an MC. Start a movie. Most definitely. So, so your your first foray into this is in 2013. So you um you're practicing, you're building up your craft. 
And um, in 2019, you released your very first mixtape, so Chill Blossom. I, I wanted to, I wanted to ask, you know, like kind of yeah. there's there's a six year gap between when you first start, you know, like yeah. MCing, and then you release this this album. In between there, were you like, were you ever like hopping on other friends' songs? Were you just kind of doing your own thing? Were you making little standalone tracks here and there? Not really, honestly. I was just going all around LA, going to shows, you know, hitting ciphers, meeting OGs. I mean, I was young. I met Primo. I met Lord Finesse. Mm. I got them to sign my my rhyme book. I got them to sign my record, and they were looking at me like, "What the fuck? Like, who's this little girl? Like, you know, like them? She she on point? Like, I was a I was like, yo, I got this record. He was like, you got a record? He's like, like, nobody else had a record to get signed. Like, I just always stood out. And I was just busy, you know, just building my name even more more than the MC. I was just, I was just like being hip hop. I just, I was drawn to just the shows, the ciphers, the events. I wasn't really, um, I never really had like a hip hop friend or, you know, somebody well, I had a couple acquaintances that I did want to like build something, but unfortunately, you know, events happened and, you know, people went their separate ways. And I just realized that, you know what, I'm trying too hard to like involve others. And let me just let me make my shit. You know what I mean? I got tons of lyrics. I got, you know, I want to do this. I'm like, this is, this is, maybe this is something that I, you know. I just realized that I needed to focus and do it for myself, you know, drop a mixtape, like. Yeah, most definitely, exactly. You you have this vision and then like any artistic project, you speak it and bring it into reality. And it's really a beautiful thing when you f are finally able to bring it to completion. Um, I mean, I wish I had somebody, you know, like I wish, you know, I wish I would have drop some sh you know had that had that circle had the friends you know like i wish i had you in my circle you know just like you know just doing hip-hop shit but you know unfortunately you know i'm still barely making um some really legit connections well you know in spite of that you've you've done an incredible amount of work you know with your albums and you actually released your follow-up to so chill blossom uh, taste of satori earlier this year and um, I kind of wanted to get into that album. Um, yes. You know, I want to ask you, you know, what's the significance of the name, and what was the process like recording the second album over the past four years? You know, like what sets it apart from its predecessor? So I had songs ready, but you know, I was just in a new era. Uh, you know, I changed my name. I wanted to, you know, I was I was thinking about, you know, I want to be a producer. Like, what, you know, what's the what can I do? You know, how can I prepare my image myself for that next level I wanted? And um, I had this song called Satori, you know, and the way I brought it, you know, my lyrics, my delivery, you know, um, my partner, my man, Mad Green, he told me like, you know what, you, you need to drop something new. Like, this is fresh. This is dope. Like, you know, Satori, like drop, drop a new album. Like, cause I was going to drop something called Oasis and, you know, I was like, okay, okay, like, um, you know, I am evolving. So I said, you know what, Taste is Satori, like, you know, he kind of helped me out with the name. And I said, you know what, Satori means enlightenment. I'm, you know, I'm into many cultures, but the Hinduism, 
you know, I definitely wanted to just bring that energy, you know, that energy of just like enlightenment, Buddhism, Zen, you know, I was always into reading Zen, even though, you know, I don't, you know, I don't consider like a certain religion, but I was just always drawn to that philosophy, that spirituality. And, you know, Sanskrit is one of the oldest languages. So I kind of just wanted to involve the sutras and, you know, those are like laws and stuff. And so I just wanted to, you know, just make it mine, just make it hip hop and flip it. And, you know, I just wanted to make like my own sutras, you know, like that's why each each song is like, you know, it has like its energy and its power. And it's like those are my sutras, you know, those are like my principles that I wanted to share with the world. Most definitely. So for the recording process of this album, I know every MC is unique and they have their own their own work style and how they go about it. Some MCs, they'll record a song here or there over a long span of time. Sometimes artists, they just, boom, they record a whole bunch of songs all at once and then they kind of cut it down to like the runtime they want. Uh, what, how long was the whole recording process for this album from beginning to end? Well, because I was paying for my sessions and I would have to drive to my engineer studio, I would just do like one song per session and I would already have the song ready. But it's amazing to record, you know, hearing your song come alive, hearing your song, your sound, your tone, you know, and also just that relationship with your engineer. It was my first time actually having like a professional engineer and it was just like, it was amazing to bond and, you know, just that like relaxing energy, like, you know, he heard, he would, you know, amplify my voice certain places and it was just very harmonic, you know, it was just flowing. It was, it was just so easy. Like, you know, he was super impressed with like, you know, the uniqueness and the style and he was able to, you know, experiment. It was almost like a challenge for him, you know, it was just like, wow, okay, like this is, what you're doing and he would just mess around with it and I would just you know I was just in my element for me that's like that's where I shine baby the you know the recording studio I could do it you know I'm a natural so it feels good to just be somewhere where you're just you know it's very natural to you that's my son most definitely was this a project that did you have multiple producers contribute beats to this or did you work with a single producer for this project no the, everything I bought from scratch. So I have a lot of case one. He lives in uh, Pasadena. And I was just going to, I was just buying beats. So I have um, him. I have uh, some beat I bought off YouTube. I have Chuck's Taylor. He's from Inglewood on it. I had just met him last year through Instagram. And so I was just like, I was just really building and just trying to, you know, just get to know producers. And if I like what I heard, I would just, you know, put my money where my mouth is. And I was just, I really wanted to just, you know, bring something fresh. I wanted to my shit to be original. So I got on my, you know, got off my ass and put in that work. <laughs> no doubt. And, and so like from the, from the time that you recorded that first cut to the very last track, how long was, how long was that process? I mean, since I was uh, going back and forth from Oklahoma, it definitely took like a year, you know, a year um, to finish those 10 tracks, you know, because it was mostly like, it was mostly eight tracks and then the rest were just the instrumentals. But still, you know, just, 
I had to find my intro and outro. So I had to, you know, dang, like, okay, I'm done with the album. Now I need to find a producer that's gonna, you know, or do I sample my own shit? You know, I was like trying to figure it out. But yeah, it took like a year. It took like a year to, to you know, finalize 10 tracks and be like, okay, like I got my album ready. Yeah. That's that's definitely the, the getting everything mixed and mastered the right way is definitely something you don't want to skimp out on. You don't want to rush. That's exactly. Yeah, that was that that was something that we learned on the collection. <laughs> you definitely don't want to you don't want to rush. Yeah, or... it's a lot. Yeah, you know, it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of excitement, and it's a lot of a lot of a lot of shit that's gonna last forever. You know, we don't realize the importance. You know. Yeah. So in the midst of all doing this, because like recording an album is it's it's an endeavor like it takes up all of your free time when you're working on this and in the midst of doing all of this recording this album you also made a significant life change and you moved from Inglewood California and you moved out to Oklahoma has being removed from the LA music scene and perhaps the city itself has it played any role in the creative and recording process of this latest project because a lot of times our environment influences what we create Definitely. I'm definitely hurting, not just hanging out with my homie. And he's like, yo, let's freestyle. And the next thing <laughs> you know, I'm like freaking bullets out my mouth and it just feels good, you know. So definitely don't have that here. But um, it just it's a difference, you know, with your age and you're evolving and, you know, you got your business mind. And so, you know, we're out here. There's a lot of opportunities in the South. You know, it's just different from being in a big city that's expensive, you know, so I, you know, it's beautiful to see that, that other side, you know, that other side of potential and, you know, I'm just breaking out of your comfort zone and, you know, spending alone time and also all the nature, you know, the air, I think that's been good to my body, my soul. And I just been trying to, you know, I just been collecting books and vinyl. (laughs) I think, I think that, helps me you know but those have always been my friends you know what I mean I told you I didn't really have that much of a hip-hop circle so my hip-hop circle is just going out there to the thrift stores and you know finding some unique fabrics and finding them records and getting some books and um yeah so you know it's giving me the space for me to express myself but it definitely does have an effect not being around your people you know the people that that inspire you. In what ways most significantly has this move made you grow, not just as an artist, but as a person? Is there any, are there any things in particular that stick out to you the most? Oh, definitely. When I was younger, you know, I didn't want kids. I'm like, you know, this world is shit, you know, why, you know, but now that I'm older, I realized that, um, that's, you know, creator giving us the opportunity to, to keep on creating, you know, to keep on influencing, you know, we learn something that our parents don't learn and it continues, you know, it's something that knowledge, you know, you pass on to your children and your children pass it on to their children. And I just feel like that's the way you make a big difference is really like with your bloodline or, you know, it's like your legacy, what you're leaving behind. So now it's changed me just realizing like, okay, you know, it would be good to have a business, you know, and um, my man, you know, he has his whole plans and his whole cannabis thing. So, you know, opening up a storefront, you know, being brown owned, I mean, you know, just making dreams happen. You know what I mean? He's been doing this for like 15 years, so I can relate, you know, I'm an MC, I know what it's like 
to, you know, not have people believe in you or, you know, it's hard. It's a, it's a big industry and, you know, the people who have money are the people who are usually on top, you know, and those people aren't the truest to the culture and how it started. So I feel, you know, I feel like that's where my mind is that it's like, it's in a bigger mindset, you know, it's more like, you know, generational wealth and, you know, and also my music, like I want to have kids so they could be like, they could be, they could <laughs> see how I rap and they could do it too. I want my kids to rap and I, you know, I want them to be hip hop like me. I want them to, you know. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. I, I think it's, I think it's funny how it's like we reach a certain age, like that becomes like more like, oh, maybe I do kind of want this. So, you know, this actually seems like it'd be pretty nice, you know, to be able to pass that on. Like you said, that generational wisdom and culture and uh, generational wealth too, you know, like what you create, you know, this, this set aside for the next generation coming up, you know, when you kind of give them that stepping stone and they could avoid things that we had to experience, exactly. or, you know, traverse, you know, thank you for sharing that. Thank you. That's, that's very beautiful and very insightful. As noted before, the production that you utilize on your projects is uh, it's very East Coast boom bap inspired. And that carries on from Sochiapas Blossom to Taste of Satori with, of course, a little bit of updates to the formula. And I wanted to ask you, what inspired your sound, especially being an artist from the West Coast? And in which ways did you switch things up a little for Taste of Satori? I think in a lot of ways, um, it's like Premier from Gangstar says, you know, it's the... It's the it's the same um, it's the same method, but with an updated formula. You know, you keep on elevating things. Mm -hmm. So, like, in what ways did you elevate your game on this project? I mean, it was my moment of truth, baby. You know, this was you know my professional album. This was when I really brought it. Um, you know, Gangstar inspired me. That was like my first big group that I fell in love with, and. Now that um you know evolved more, I started you know just seeing Ciara and like Selena in me, you know, seeing more like a sensual, you know, more of a R and B kind of side to me, you know, because I, you know, I'm very poetic, so I started to realize that I could kind of do like the Lauren Hill thing, you know, I can like sing a little bit, I can, you know, so it definitely just made me want to show how versatile I can be. And just show different, you know, just the different frequencies, you know, just like when people make hype songs, you know, I wanted to just show like my conscious side, but also some love songs, you know, also some just like, you know, just some songs you just want to smoke to, you know, you just want to, you know, get your lady, maybe give her a little kiss, you know, just some songs that, you know, just really open your third eye, you know, let you let you see things for you know, in a different light. So that's kind of what I wanted to do. There's a theme that runs throughout um, a majority of the runtime on Taste of Satori, and particularly with many of the songs, including a variation of Sutra in the title, which you said, you know, comes from the Hindu and um, Buddhism influences. And I wanted to ask you, going into this project, did you know that you wanted to have this theme run through the, the album or was this something organically that in the midst of the recording process you're like hmm you know I kind of want this to be like an over encompassing uh, theme in this yeah well it definitely put itself together you know after my man was like you know Satori like that should be your thing I was like you know what I've always been about you know this Hinduism son you know that's always been 
like my approach. So I thought it was the perfect moment to kind of just emphasize it. And I feel like an album, you know, it's a journey, you know, it's a journey into someone's mind. And, you know, my mind is very, you know, I'm, I'm just so drawn to, you know, the art and philosophy, you know, that spirituality. And, you know, Sanskrit is one of the oldest languages, you know, the books. And, you know, I really just wanted people to to just take a glimpse into, you know, my mind and, you know, the knowledge that, that I have. Um, you know, kind of go into that. I want to ask, how do you put words to paper? Like more specifically, you know, what is your creative process? Like when you're coming up with concepts for albums, like do you... Do you do the singing first and do kind of harmonizing or do you do, do you do the, the emceeing part first and then go back and do like the... I usually do the emceeing part first. Um, usually that's my main approach. It's just, you know, it's just like my bars. And then now I'm starting to like, okay, now what kind of melody can I add? You know, where's my chorus at? You know, before I just wanted to write bars on bars, but... <laughs> Definitely now, I you know, I, I, I've been paying attention. I've been growing on my song structure. So I think that, you know, it gave me the opportunity to really pay attention to how I was structuring my music. And um, I don't know, it's a beautiful thing. Each session is like a different day. You know, each song is like, I usually just write a little bit here and then a little bit there. And, you know, I just let it come to me. You know, I take my time. I let, you know, and then I just rough draft it. I put... I just, it's a pattern, it's a puzzle, and each time you got to look at it from a different angle, and then you got to put it together, and then once you go to the studio, that's the, you know, that's the draft, that's where you, that's where you really hear yourself and your creation, and so it's different every time, because, you know, a love song, that's just the whole energy in itself, you know, you, you know, you're feeling that love, and then you're just like, you know what, you know, I look into your eyes and, you know, boom, boom, bam. You know, I feel like almost anybody can become an MC because it's just that energy, you know, it's that feeling that you just want to express. It's poetry, you know, it's that justice. Yeah, and like, um, you know, you saying that, I, I like how you brought up, like that energy is a, is a central component, I think, to any art form. But I think hip-hop in particular, it's uh, it's it's pivotal. And I wanted to ask you, when you're writing, every MC has their process. Are you an MC that prefers to write in the comfort of their home and then you go to the studio and then, you know, bam, you bang it out and record it? Or do you have to get into the studio and vibe and get into that mindset like some other MCs do? No, I usually like to have prepared, you know, I like to have my concept. I like to have my rough draft. For sure, I'd rather, you know, it doesn't have to be my home, but yeah, I'd rather have that personal space where I go anywhere, you know, because I could be fucking in a bus and I got my rhyme book. So, but yeah, I definitely need that space in that moment. But, but I've actually written a song in the studio. Like one of the producers that's on the album, when I met him, he just, you know, we were like, hey, let's, you know, let's collab, like let's meet. So he's like, you like this beat? I said, yep. I wrote down a whole song and it came out fucking amazing. So I can do both, you know. Sometimes the pressure could be good, you know, just that that moment. But for the most part, I do like to be prepared. I like to, you know, that's like my sanctuary. That's my creation. And then I can share it. Yeah, most definitely. Um, well, let's, let's, let's talk about some individual songs. I wanted to talk about uh, Brown Sutra. 
song it's 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 one of my favorite on the entire album i want you know could you give us a little backstory behind the inspiration of that song and its significance to you yeah i actually wrote this song in new york like in 2016 or 17 i was hitting a lot of cyphers and you know i was just in my ex-bedroom's bed and i was writing this song and i actually wrote it was about like black is black and brown is brown and i was just describing things on earth that are you know these colors that for some reason you know white people are so afraid of <laughs> so i wanted to just make a song that was just like very poetic like you know i just felt very very diggable diggable planet like i wanted to just write you know like black is black like mm. brown is brown and i wrote a whole poem never did anything with it you know maybe like what five four years later you know I, um, some guy on Instagram sent me a beat, you know, Enoch, Enoch is dope because he sent me this hyphy ass beat and I was like, oh man, like I needed that. I needed a hyphy. So, you know, like I was just like, oh man, like it's been about time I write one of these, you know, it was just, I was ready. And I, I think, um, and I don't know how it happened. I don't know how Brown, I think I just had that concept already. And then I was like, you know what? Like, brown is brown. Yeah, I just started, like, brown is brown. And then, you know, my hair is brown. My skin is brown. Like, I just, I was like, you know what? That's dope. Like, you know, just, like, the the rhythm, you know, it's like, um, yeah, I just, it just came together. I thought it was just a beautiful, like, poem. Yeah, I, I, I love how you had that, uh, the repetition there in the chorus there and the bridge, you know, like a, a, a lot of it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of Jungle Brothers, you know, that kind of had a similar thing, you know, like black is black is black is black, you know, like I, it was a, it was a very cool, um, I think that's one of the cool things about hip hop is that you could definitely 
trace back the lineages and the influences to so many different things. Yeah, and I felt like no one's done it in a while. You know, I felt like we needed a song like that. Like, Brown is, you know, a song that's like, it's about us. And it's like, I don't know. It's a, it is a special song. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing that, uh, for sharing the, the backstory behind that song. So musically, you know, you're a bit of a chameleon with your, and your music reflects that often switching between, you know, you're fusing multiple genres, um, you know, like you MC and you sing as well. You know, another guest who actually we just had on the show was Ina from Indigenous Cats, and she kind of does a similar thing too, blending those multiple genres. And I kind of wanted to ask you, how do you, how do you personally describe your style of music? Oh, that's my baby girl. Shout out to her and her album. Um, I I mean, I describe it most definitely as hip-hop because that's what made me. But I definitely feel like, I don't know, just like some kind of Sierra flow, you know? I just feel like um, I'm just very influenced by, like, Bahamadia, you know, her Looking at my Gucci, it's about dead time. Represent my peoples on the Illidel side. Live like my 93 shit phone vibe. I used imagination like Han Soul. Master like thick with the offbeat flow. A lady like B in Stereo every O. Rap sway back at the plat with super bad disco. Used to do the feet to Patty Duke and Gigolo. After midnights on the weekend, ho. You remember we 3D with Study B. Enough respect, go to a vet money. SK, Miz on pause delay. You see Judy rock ride the course fade. Reads from the bottom, discombobble belay. Sharon was the break if you was digging in the crates. When they bump it in the juice, it's gonna rock I, I love how you how you bring up Bahamadia too because man talk 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 about MCs that don't get enough recognition like Bahamadia, um, one of one one of one of the greats you know from hip hop's golden era, um, and I wanted to ask who would you say um, aside from Bahamadia you just brought up are your biggest musical influences and uh, and and what ways would you say you know have they have they influenced your style. I mean, other than Bahamadia, I would have to say Ladybug Mecca. 
you know, course Lauren Hill, but um, I mean, Lady of Rage. Mm. Um, was just definitely like my favorite, and Three the Hard Way. You know, those other two MCs she has on there that aren't really recognized. I could hardly even remember their names, but um, that it just blew me. You know, to this day, that's like that's my shit. Like, what the fuck? Like, no one ever really had another hit like three the hard way you know mm-hmm. that was like that's just like what i wanted to hear like i want to hear more of that grimy it's like grimy but smooth you know uh lauren hill i mean she's like the greatest but um you know her style was more like i mean i just love the whole like singing oh raw digger for sure oh, raw digger Digga, yeah raw digger um Definitely, you know, I would say, um, yeah, I would say somebody told me once, like, yo, you're like a mix of Ladybug Mecca and the Lady of Rage. And I was like, wow, <laughs> like, thank you, you know, because I was like, yo, that's dope. And so, yeah, I do feel like I listen to every woman on MC I can, you know, but Bahamadia was definitely my top. Most definitely. You know, I, I wanted to ask you. From your own perspective, what makes you different from other MCs currently in the underground scene right now? Because because your music is definitely different from just about anybody else's. Like I, you you said, you know, um, when you're when you are MCing, sometimes it almost straddles this line of like spoken word poetry. And the way I like the way I kind of when I hear your voice on some of these songs, it almost has like a it floats like mist or like smoke. I don't know how to put it into tangible terms, but I feel like that's how you, you just, you, you just glide over this production. And I wanted to ask, you know, from you, you know, what makes you different from, you know, your, uh, from your peers that you see in the underground scene right now? Um, I think my interests are um, different. I want to start, you know, my move, my movement that I think I already started. Enter the womb tank, protect your womb. Uh, my philosophy, you know, to me, it's like, it's a way of life. You know, for me, hip hop, it's like in my blood. It's a movement that I know I can connect worldwide because, you know, that we all love it. Like we're all, you know, it's like a family that doesn't know each other yet, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that my plan is more global. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm trying to take over the world. Like, I'm not just trying to sound hard. I feel like a lot of rappers that, even rappers that I admire, I think they got bars, but they're just too much like, you know, ho and bitch. And you know what I mean? It's like, they almost, the bars almost sound like a guy to me. You know what I mean? Like, I, know, I don't want to say no names, but I heard this one artist, I really like her last album, and I just felt like it, was, it wasn't it was like the latest album she had just dropped that was ill. You feel me? It was mm-hmm. just, it was a little different. It was more, you know, it was a little more rugged. It was a little more filthy. And um, that's cool, too, because people like that shit. But to me, it just doesn't sound that authentic. You feel me? To me, it sounds like you're just trying to, you know, you're just trying to sound like a dude. And I, I get it. You know, it's the industry. Like, you feel me? Like, it's the she's that are, you know, we're all, you know, people get to a certain level where, you know, 
they have a lot of people watching them and you know it's like the pressure and you know you're surrounded by all these guys rappers i'm not surprised and it's not the first rapper i hear that tries to sound like a guy you feel me mm-hmm. i've seen it done before and it doesn't look cool it doesn't look nice at all you feel me to me i feel like skill is a skill you don't gotta like imitate somebody else somebody else's style you feel me like to me like your style like your finesse like that's what makes you you like that's you know what i mean that's the goal so when you try to like give me some like you know some shit where you're just trying to flex and you know bitch and this and that that shit just gets old to me you feel me like i like that hip-hop where you know you're showing me that real gold in your lyrics you know where you're like really showing off you know you're really flexing you know i want to see you really flex you know i don't want that like you know just it's like you know it's just like a poor quality of food that you're ingesting you know you know it's i like how you bring that up because i feel like creativity is something that um it's is some, creativity is something that is in short supply. I feel like in hip hop, you know, um, regardless of um, of either gender, and also like you know, like mainstream and even underground, because you know, right, everyone's trying to sound like the next person. I mean, even underground right now, how many cats are trying to sound like Westside Gunna Conway or Griselda? You know, everyone's trying to copy somebody. No one's trying to do their own thing. They're not trying to you know, build like that own sound that makes them unique and you know, make their own goal, you know, like you said. Yeah, we're trying to change that. Exactly, you know, because all, because I think they would, all we can be is be ourselves. You know, exactly, and, and that's real hip hop. Exactly. That's the whole point is that we need the kids to remember that real hip hop is you bringing a style that's new, baby. Like you got to bring some new bars, bring a new style. What's up? What's good? Like, you know, bring that, you know, we're, we're fucking this infinite knowledge for us, you know, to tap into. And we're just, you know, we're on some low frequency shit. We're on some, you know, whack-ass bars. No doubt, no doubt. <laughs> and also, um, so moving on to our next question, you know, I, as you were saying earlier in the show, you know, that like you've been um, getting more and more comfortable with singing. And I wanted to ask you, at the end of the day, what do you enjoy more? Do you enjoy emceeing more or do you enjoy singing? And what are the key differences, um, if if there are any for you that, that you like in both? I mean, that's a good question, but, you know, I'm, I'm hip-hop, so I'm going to definitely have to go with emceeing because emceeing is just much more impressive. It's much more creative. <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, it's 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 crazy, you know, when you're, like, emceeing singing and to me it's like way easier you know it's like you're just you know but singing is magic too you know singing is a you know shout out to all the amazing singers in the world i mean you know the music is such an important part of of humanity and so to me you know to singing is like oh you tap into you know you tap into (laughs) some real you know some real magic some real frequencies that everyone loves everyone enjoys you know you're like tapping into you know so i feel like i um can tap into even a wider audience you know uh and like you were also you know in your questions asking me that i'm bilingual i'm bilingual and so yeah it does you know it's amazing to to reach to even more you know than just english 
you know. So <laughs> I would like to focus on that part, reaching more to people who speak Spanish, you know, letting them know, hey, I exist. I would, you know, check it, check this out. And and also to, to you know, just worldwide. Yeah, you um, you you beat me to the punch on that question. I was I wanted to like you know get a little deeper into that. You know, like you're a bilingual artist, yeah. and you know you regularly incorporate Spanish into your songs, and and not just a little bit here and there. You know, like you've recorded entire tracks in Spanish, and um, I wanted to ask you know what are your thoughts on Latino representation in hip hop, especially as Latino listenership is increasingly becoming more of the fan base, and also becoming more um. Latino artists are becoming more prominent these days, you know, and it's not just something that's just regulated to like Chicano rap or like reggaeton, you know, like there's just regular MCs that are Latino and just bringing those influences. So what are your general thoughts on the representation right now? Uh, I really wish I would have had a whole song in Spanish on Taste of Satori, you know, but, you know, I did bring it. But I would like to bring it more, and I think that um, it's uh, it's just an amazing uh, culture, even more with the Latino and the indigenous people from you know South America and all the you know they just the culture is just so you know prominent in the cities, and you know it's just such an important part of you know the economics, and and um, I think that the brown people have always been like on top of that you know but it's beautiful to see the opportunities and uh there's so many colombians that are on top actually so yeah what can i say i support it 100 percent. i think it's a beautiful time and you know a lot of like inspiration like to see you know so many so many rappers you know from the streets of medellin that just you know was just rapping and you know now they you know now they winning Grammys and just, you know, like nothing. And so I think representation has always been, always been there. And um, I just look forward to seeing more positive, you know, more, more, um, more leaders, you know, more artists that are leaders. Most definitely. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Going, going back to Taste of Satori, I wanted to ask you, what do you hope audiences will take away from this project? And at the end of the day, uh, how does it set itself apart from your from your prior work? Mm. Uh, well, I think that this was definitely, you know, a more complete album. And so I think it's uh, more like my first introduction into the world. And I hope that I had a good introduction, you know, Celine Salat, you know, um, shout out to Ina. She did the cover to Taste of Satori and um, we were looking for fonts, right? She actually did the font. Well, we were looking for fonts and I didn't, I wasn't really feeling any of them, right? <laughs> and so she did, she wrote Taste and she didn't even, I didn't even know. She just sent it to me and I said, I like this one. And she said, cool, I did this one. And I said, what you mean you did that one? She said, I made the font. Like, that's my 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 writing. I said, word, you could do that? You know, <laughs> she's like, yeah. So I'm like, okay. And so eventually I'm like, you know what? Let me write Celine Salah because I'm not, you know, I'm not feeling these fonts. Like, I, this shit needs to be, like, perfect. And so she's like, yeah, you could do that. And just send me a picture. And I said, incredible so i start i go ahead 
and you know I write a shitload of Celine Salas until you know and then um and then she put it on and I was like you know what I'm I'm really digging this you know so it was I felt like it was just so hip hop to use our own handwriting you know what I mean and I had another MC make my cover you know what I mean I it was like unexpected I had paid somebody else and I didn't like what they did you know I didn't feel like they put enough energy on it they gave me some like come on like you use none of your creativity I know you have like you know don't front me like you know like you can't front me because I'm a creative too like I know you could bring it you know what I'm saying and so but I'm so glad she ended up doing it you know I I really like that edit she made it felt like Selena vibes you know she made like that double face and it was like it, you know I was like oh because I was like finally like I wanted something to like just make the album you know because I'm like what do I add what kind of background you know I'm like what kind of what kind of shazam what kind of color you know I wanted it to be like loud but then when she did that I was like oh that's classic you know that's like classy like I don't even want to you know and I really like the white it gives me like big vibes so you know, that ended up being the cover. Most definitely. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so our next question, um, what are your thoughts on the current state of representation for uh, women and femme presenting people in hip hop? Um, although there's more big name hip hop artists that are women than ever before, the genre in many regards is still dominated by men and the genre has a long history of misogyny and degradation of women that has been really tough to shake. And, I wanted to ask you, know, what has your experience as a female hip-hop artist in the genre been like? I just feel like it's very much needed to have more women MCs, producers, B-girls, DJs. And it's a beautiful thing to see. It's a beautiful thing to experience. And I think it's time for us to support and to put some action into this thing that has been going on for you know, centuries, and, every, you know, we all talk about it, we all know about it, but, you know, but at the end of the day, what are we really going to do about it, you know? So it's time that, you know, we just get more representation, you know, and more, more, more brown women winning Grammys and, you know, being producers, you know? That's why I really want to focus on producing some beats because, you know, I feel like that's just going to, you know, change the game. It's going to be like, oh, shit, you got a beat hmm. too? It's like, yeah. Yeah, I gotta be too. What's up? You know, like. Do you feel that things are moving in a positive direction that that's it's currently moving in? Yeah, I'd say it is. I'd say it is. You know, like at the end of the day, you know, artists like Cardi B. You know, I mean, they come from the Bronx. You know what I'm saying? They come from poverty. They come from. You know, it's not like she wanted to be a fucking stripper. You know, it's not like you know she was a little girl. It's not. You know what I mean? It's not like that. That was like yo, that's, like, the best option for me, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But, you know, that ended up just being what, she, you know, and but but so, you know, just coming out of the poverty like that, the Bronx, you know, and to seeing, you know, so, yeah, I feel like, you know, I just, I hope that it becomes even better than just, you know, telling, you know, telling my kid that, you know, it's this stripper that got famous because she rapping now, you know, I want to have better stories than that. You know, but right now, if that's what I have, I think, you know, I've grown to like her crazy personality. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I'm trying to, like, look at it in a positive way. 
you know, because I love the Bronx, you feel me? And, you know, and I love energy. So, you know, at the end of the day, she's just the product of, you know, of that environment. And it's like, it's hip hop, you feel me? Like, like she's crazy, she's loud. Like, that's so hip hop, you know? Most definitely. Um, for the next question, I wanted to ask, you know, in your music, you touch a lot of on, uh, on spirituality and also... Um, a lot of very deep topics too you know there's indigenous empowerment in there there's social justice issues being brought up and uh, you know a lot of a lot of artists kind of bristle or shy away from you know labels like being woke or um i think for fear of getting flat from certain circles of society when they speak out on social issues but at the end of the day you know like that's what hip-hop is about it's about touching on topics like this and i wanted to ask you do you believe that artists you know particularly in hip-hop, have a duty to use their platform to speak out about injustice or bring public awareness and enlightenment in general? Well, for sure. You know, like Nina Simone said, you know, that's like what our music is for. Our music should represent your times, you know, and and that's our voice, you know. That's our, you know, it's loud, you know. Mm -hmm. music does a lot, says a lot, and has a lot of power. So I think that, yeah, of course, who better? You know, we are the representatives. Like, we are the people. We are the music. You feel me? And it's, it's about time that artists get more accountable, you know, for, like, what the fuck they're doing for Earth, what the <laughs> fuck they're doing for us. You know, we're, like, you know, like, people are just living in this luxury lifestyle. <laughs> And, you know, it's like, that's nice. You live in a 500 million or whatever house, but, you know, how are you giving back to your community? Most definitely. In what way do you aim to make a difference and influence change through your music? I hope to represent brown economics, you know, brown empowerment, uh, brown justice. You know, I just hope to be a good representative of my bloodline, of my ancestors. And, you know, I hope that I can evolve to my highest potential and, you know, really leave my legacy. So I hope to, to do that through hip hop, you know, through my producing and hopefully get some, you know, get some love back, some love economics back from hip hop and that I'll be able to bring it on back you know and and see it see it grow see it flourish you know no doubt how do you see your music and your sound evolving in the next couple of years you know you you said before earlier in the interview that you hope to move into producing um do you hope to release a couple more projects as an mc or do you want to do this yeah. in conjunction with producing I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of thinking to drop like my first beat already. You know, I've been, uh, I've been having some lessons with the OG Sachi. He was part of the nonce and that's like some mm. LA classic hip hop. So he taught me a lot and I feel pretty, you know, he just gave me like that last little push that I needed to know how to push certain buttons. And I'm like, Oh shit, baby, I'm ready to go now. So I'm like, I'm, I'm, I think I'm ready to drop, like, maybe a little beat project and, you know, because I'm sure Enter the Boom Tank is going to take a while to gather all the MCs I want to worldwide. So, 
for the meanwhile, I hope to drop a little West Coast album. You know, me and Ina from Indigenous Cats, we're really Ooh. close. And Verde from San Diego, you know. So shout out to your city. I hope to be back. And I hope to, you know, working on that project we did together was fun. I feel like uh, just us as MCs, we, was, we were able to, like, shine in a different way that, like, we, we didn't even know, you feel me? Like, just hearing our, you know, it was like, oh, shit. Like, so that's, you know, that's hip-hop. That's a beautiful thing. And um, so I hope to drop plenty of stuff with them, too. You know, more artists in the West Coast that are open to collaborate, hit us up. And and then enter the womb tank, and then for sure a beat project. Most definitely can't wait to can't cannot wait to see what is in the pipeline coming down. It's very exciting so, things. Sounds like a lot. <laughs> um, so kind of continuing continuing on with like the modern day um, aspects of the industry that artists have to deal with nowadays. What do you believe is the role of social media in the music industry today? And what role has social media contributed to your music? Man, social media is a crazy thing because it's like you're sharing so much. And it's like, where does it, you know, where do you stop? Especially as the artist, you're like trying to really like capture, you know. So for me, what can I say? It's been hard because I'm really shy, you know. And, um... You know how it is. It's like you have you have to make it look good, and you know. So it's um, at the but at the same time, I think that it's just a powerful tool to cook to connect to different communities around the world. So that's how I've used it, you know. And I've connected with like, you know, amazing artists from around the world. You know, I stay following producers. You know, I'm just very like, you know thirsty for hip-hop you know talking meeting producers you know i'm like trying to you know what's up you know if i like this beat then what's up let's you know let's work and you know i wouldn't buy it and so you know what i'm actually talking to i have so much people you know i forget <laughs> like i'm talking to matt i don't even know how you say his last name is with a k but he's a beat maker from the uk and he's actually like he's pretty you know he's pretty cool he's pretty known and you know, so we were talking, and I and I and I pushed. I I've been had told him let's work together, but then you know, I was like, you know what? Let me ask him again. You know, I think he like said something with mine was. You know, he wrote to me, and I was like, I I told him again, like we need to work together. You know, because mm -hmm. I'm trying to connect that bridge. You know, I'm like shit. And he's like, you know what? He's like, all right. He's like, usually, you know, he told me usually I wouldn't work with just anybody, but you know, he told me, you know what? Your 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 vibe seems authentic. You know, he he asked me he asked me what my favorite five producers were, so I felt like that was a test, and I'm pretty sure I passed it though. You know, <laughs> and he's like, you know what, she's pretty hip hop. Let me work with her, and I'm like, hell yeah, you should work with me. Like, let's connect this bridge. You know, LA to you to the UK. You know, that's already a bridge. You know that a lot of artists have. You know, the UK is pretty heavy over here. You know, especially Twenty One Savage. I didn't even know he was like from the UK. You know, and he's like out here winning Grammys. Like he's out here growing out here and you know i ain't mad at that you know mm -hmm. but um anybody growing so yeah i hope to 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 do that yeah most definitely you know like uh, social media especially now with music it's a very powerful thing and it's a and it's, a, it's all a balancing act you know because because it's, it's possible to overshare too like even as a journalist like sometimes there's times i want to post things up i'll be like 
I want to post this. I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't. I mean, I think I might be oversharing a little bit. <laughs> so it's it's a it's a tightrope sometimes. I feel like to um to traverse them at times. It is, you know, and it's like somebody can take your shit and use it in a bad way, you know. Especially as an MC, like, am I sharing too many bars? Is somebody <laughs> copying them down? Because maybe they're, you know what I mean. Sometimes, you know, I'd be too much talking my ideas and my man would always tell me like, yo, you just can't tell everyone you're fucking flat. And I'm just like, man, I never thought about it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I was just such a like open, bright soul. I never really thought of like the dangers, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's a double-edged sword. Most definitely. Um, well, my next question is, if you have one message to give to your fans... Or if you could have your fans remember you by one thing, what would it be? I would say to really just focus on, you know, on your plot, on your vision, and what, you know, what your legacy is, what you're gonna, what you're gonna use to leave behind, you know, on this path, and, you know, to evolve to your highest self. And that's the journey that I hope that everyone really conquers you know, and fears themselves because, you know, at the end of the day, we can be in the way of our success, you know. I had that written down in a book somewhere and, you know, it was, and I, I put, I put, ask yourself the right questions. I put that after, after that. So, you know, you got to really ask yourself the right questions, you know. <laughs> like, I was like, yo, that's deep right there, you know. Right, exactly. Much love to to everybody who has listened to me and i hope to you know be something to leave something you know a beautiful harmony for them to use as a tool you know as a principle you know as a sutra you know i hope that my songs aren't just like any song but they leave like a impact you know leave you wanting to do something that can elevate your mind you know, Precisely. like, we don't just get high to get high. Like, you gotta really get high. You, gotta, <laughs> you know, you gotta do something productive, you know. You gotta do something with your day. Because, you know, we live in a capitalism, you know, where, you know, time is money. But they done tricked you to give your money to time. Exactly. So... Moving on into 2023, what can you tell us about any upcoming projects or anything that you have lined up for the upcoming new year? So I already had this. I had a plot. So you keep telling people, you know, your plot, right? <laughs> well, before I even became a producer, I said I wanted the name to be Block, Build or Destroy. Because, see, I keep saying, you see, ask yourself the right questions. That's what I wrote you know, as wisdom to myself. And now that I read it, I'm like, dang, you know. So blog is, that's going to be my beat album. I hope to, you know, work my ass off and get some amazing samples. And you know what I mean? Like as a producer, you know, I'm a woman. I got to really show off and come through and, you know, like show them, show them that I'm not fucking around. This is serious business right here. So, <laughs> You know, I just thought that block, builder, destroy, I just, I was like, ooh, like, yo, like, I think I'm onto something, you know? So I stuck with it, and I said, block, builder, destroy, like, that just sound dope, you know? And it's a beat album, you know what I mean? So it's like, 
you know i just thought like for a b album i was like i thought that just fit most fit definitely it. um so where can people find you and follow you online to see all of your work and get the latest updates for new music, shows, promotions, and any other so events? I, I finally updated my Instagram one last time, Celine Salah. You know, you could follow me there. You know, I finally have, you know, 10K and I'm trying to get to 100K. So send your shit to your cousins. <laughs> And everybody, because, you know, I really want to leave a, a positive impact and, you know, who else and my people to to put me on top. No doubt. Well, Celine, with that said, do you have any closing comments or anything else you want to let our listeners know about yourself or any upcoming release of your music or any events? Oh, yes. Enter the womb time. Oasis. That's going to be big. That's going to be worldwide. It's going to be you know, bunch of women MCs. I mean, I'm thinking if I should let some guys on it, but, you know, I just think that if I just search for, like, some very creative, you know, women MCs, you know, and if, you know, the beats can be, I mean, I would love it to be me, but I'm open to, you know, some dope producers, you know, that want to be part of this big worldwide project, you know? That way, maybe, you know, maybe I won't have to, you know, I don't have to do everything I can, but I also want to, you know, there's... You know, this is my philosophy. This is my shit that I want to teach with Enter the Womb Tang. You know, it's going to be like a certain, you know, very goddess fucking welcome to the war or welcome to the paradise type of energy. <laughs> no doubt. And so I, I feel like expect that. Like that should be, you know, I've, I've been planning to do that for years. So if, you know, once that really comes into fruition, then, you know, watch out. No doubt. Looking forward to it, Celine. So, <laughs> Internet's Celine Salah, her brand new album, Taste of Satori, is out. You could stream and listen to it on YouTube and all major streaming platforms. Celine, thank you again for coming on the show. Thank you. I hope you guys enjoy those 10 tracks. Thanks for a wonderful interview. I feel like I did much better than my first one for Such a <laughs> Blossom. You know, when I heard it back, I was like, oh, man. Like, you know, I was just, you know... But it's all good, you know, we out here growing, we out here learning, and, you know, we're out here just getting to the next level. So, you know, I'm excited for my 30s. I'm excited, you know, uh, just to grow with all my peers, you know. You're a great journalist, so, you know, it's, yeah, it's, I'm glad that you're out here grinding, you know, <laughs> out here interviewing everybody. Much respect, much respect. Thank you so much. And with that said, we out, Internet. Peace. Peace out. Well, Internet, that's our show. Once again, big shout out to Celine Salah for making a return to Step Off Radio. Internet, you can stream Celine Salah's brand new album. It's called Taste of Satori. You can listen on YouTube and anywhere you stream your music. We're going to close out today's show with a cut from the album. It's called Kali Sutra. Again, that's Taste of Satori from the one and only Celine Salah. And with that said, we out.
Mucho antes que hubo cualquier juez Mira la vientre que dio luz A boss gotta do what a boss gotta do I'm territorial with what's mine So don't ask no questions, not even from a clue I'm ahead of your desire I design your experience Pour the wine like the fire My curves is like voodoo You think it's pleasure Golden obsidian adoring my body A mother and a wife And a shooter when it's time A mother and a wife And a shooter when it's time We'll fix your food when you're hungry We'll fix your mood by getting new when you need it We got the honeysuckle skin Sleep a teacher rocks Like a sushi that the nature does Got him wondering, yo, how she do that? Make something out of nothing, yeah, I did that A boss gotta do what the boss gotta do So don't ask no questions, not even for a clue Should be more than obvious Who the goddess is So bring the offering It's in the bloodline You should honor it It's in the bloodline You should honor it Should be more than obvious Who the goddess is So bring the offering It's in the bloodline, you should honor it. It's in the bloodline, you should honor it. Should be more than obvious. Who the goddess is? A boss gotta do what a boss gotta do. So don't ask no questions, not even from a clue. This episode of Step Off Radio is recorded at the Justice Center, San Diego, and our music was done by DJ Root. This has been a Step Off Magazine production.